When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thank you ever so much for joining me. So, this week, there is a theme to the episode, and that theme is dance music. This is a theme that is very near and dear to my heart, so this is all very exciting for me, and I hope it is for you, too. Although, I am very confident you will enjoy it, even if you don't give a single fuck about dance music. So, yeah, something for everyone, then. My guest today is DJ, producer, and artist Michael Brune, whose spark is Daft Punk's motherfucking legendary second album, Discovery. I talk about this in our conversation, but this album means so much to me, and I was so excited that Michael brought it to the show. He's a really lovely guy. We had a great time together. So, yeah, I loved it. And with all that gushing out of the way, I think we should get to the main event. But first, quick Michael facts. Michael Brune is a Haitian DJ and record producer based in New York, known for blending electronic music with Haitian traditional styles. In addition to massive collaborations with Ed Sheeran and Mr. Easy, he notably picked up a Latin Grammy Award in the category of Best Urban Music Album for his production on J Balvin's blockbuster Colores. His solo music has reeled in over 100 million streams and counting. He also serves as the face of the Emmy Award-winning PBS series Beatmaking Lab. 
Quick discovery facts. Discovery is the second studio album by the French electronic music duo Daft Punk, released on the 12th of March, 2001. It marked a shift from the Chicago house of Daft Punk's first album, Homework, to a house style more heavily inspired by disco, post-disco, garage house, and R&B. Before Discovery's release, Daft Punk adopted robot costumes, costumes they would stick with for the rest of their time together. They also launched Daft Club, a website which featured exclusive tracks and other bonus material. Discovery was a critical and commercial success, and in 2020, Rolling Stone included it at number 236 in its updated list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. And there you have it. Let's all head out onto the dance floor, kiddos. Here comes my chat with Michael Brune about Discovery. Do you remember hearing this album for the first time or getting turned on to it? The very first time I heard this, I was probably like 13 years old. Mm. Um, At that point, I I was downloading music on (laughs) LimeWire. So that was the whole... A new world for me. Like I remember peer-to-peer music sharing was really big and I was in Haiti and had a computer and discovered uh, music forums. And and that was the first song I downloaded was uh, One More Time (laughs) from that album. And so (laughs) I know this is super illegal and obviously not streaming and everything. But at the time I bought the album, I, I did everything once I could. But that, that was my, my doorway into electronic music. And it was so incredible. Yeah, I, that's a, a, a very incredible place to start, I would say. And also, don't feel bad about Limeware, about any of that stuff. We all did it at that time, I think. You know, when uh, streaming and like downloading music was really getting off the ground, it was like the Wild West. And everybody was just like, it was a free for all. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I am going to do my very best to not make this conversation all about me because I love this album so much and it means a lot to me too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, like, uh, how many musicians, um, and producers point to this album as like a gateway into electronic music. And I think for Daft Punk, it was kind of an evolution towards songs like you know pop songs songs with lyrics um there's a little bit of that on homework with like around the world but it was still just like a a repetition it wasn't like a you know verse chorus verse thing so yeah i i I totally uh i get that that song in particular like one more time was this big global hit and it wasn't really representative of the stuff they'd done before because it was mostly like pretty you know uh solid house not like uh you know trying to make stuff that that would be played uh, on pop radio club. yeah 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 um so sorry i i you may have said this but d- did you just happen upon it on limeware or did yeah it was pure luck yeah it was pure luck I, I don't even know if maybe because that song was so popular it was higher up on the discovery change it was basically like a homepage download i opened up the the app and that was it and i i had no friends that listened to electronic music at that time um haitian music and haitian culture was very focused on caribbean sounds and we had some music from the states that would cross over but it would always be the biggest songs it would never be deep cuts or anything that 
was I, I guess like electronic music was was subculture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was pure luck. But I'm so so happy I discovered that because <laughs> that uh, started my career in DJing and producing. And I didn't even fully grasp what an album was even at that point. I I, I would say like I listened to music very passively up until that point. And that was the first thing that felt like I discovered it. It speaking to me and these these artists seem really interesting and they're fusing things in really interesting ways. And I want to do it. I want to figure out how to do it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, and you know, quite a fitting title for the album as well, like you know, <laughs> Discovery. Um but yeah, it it's like I think at that time when this album came out in Europe, dance music was already in the charts and it was, you know everywhere played on the radio and in other parts of the world like definitely in the states that hadn't happened yet and it was still very much like dance music was you know played in clubs kind of maybe not underground there was still commercial music but it wasn't like top 40 and this album feels like that bridge and um you know a lot of EDM artists say that this is like the thing that one of the kind of catalysts for that whole like global movement happening where dance music was really like part of the mainstream and and in the charts. And I think it's, it's because of that kind of fusion of different sounds where you have like that kind of house foundation, but it's, you know, this sort of like cheesy MOR, like, you know, soft rock elements that they made cool and they want to like introduce people to uh, other kinds of music that they may not have been open to. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool uh, mix of things. No, absolutely. And I was actually thinking about this before we we even got on the chat about what was it that spoke to me on that project? Because after One More Time, I actually listened to the entire album and I was a little bit confused because I remember hearing something like something about us that was a ballad and then Voyager that's really arpeggiated instrumental and then digital love that was like felt like a little bit like Barry Manilow, right, <laughs> like, right, yeah. you know. I, I I don't remember if that's a sample, but it was definitely another type of music. And and then one more time was like housey and aerodynamic felt like rock influence. So it was to me as an somebody listening to to this genre right for the very first time and becoming a music lover and eventually a producer. It was confusing. Mm. I have to say, like, I loved it and I didn't understand why I loved it, but it was so in my mind disjointed. And I think now, especially with what I'm doing with, with, with my career and, and the kind of music that I'm making, fusing genres, it, it's so much clearer and it's so, it's so important to my life because they did that in their way with their influences, mm. which were songs from the seventies, songs from the eighties, uh, all the house music culture in France and, and how that became very DJ centric, right? And, and you would flip things with whatever equipment you had. And then they were influenced by like Detroit and Chicago and, and even flips like hip hop, like where you would take a dub plate and turn it into a, a beat that you, you would uh, rap on. And so everything that they did at that point felt really familiar without me understanding fully why. And I, and I love art that does that, that makes you feel at home, but it, you don't even need to get why it makes you feel at home, it just does. 
time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you have artists like Daft Punk who like kind of wear their influences on their sleeve and don't shy away from it, they really like, you know, have this kind of reverential attitude towards the people who've shaped their sound. And like on homework, there's a track called Teachers where they're just like saying the names of all the DJs who they love, who, you know, had an influence on them. Um, So there's that element of it. But then having artists who have such broad tastes and have such respect for so many different kinds of music and draw all those influences. And it's like what you were saying, that you can pick out these little elements and say, that sounds kind of familiar. That sounds like something I've heard before, but it's being used in a different way. And, you know, dance music and hip hop, uh, I think have that in common where it's people being able to really infuse their influences into the work that they're doing. I mean, I guess it, it's kind of everywhere now. It's like pop music. Everybody, you know, uh, uses samples and, um, you know, kind of interpolates songs that they remember from the, you know, that are special to them from their childhood or, or whatever. But yeah, that, that, uh, ability to really bring in, um, lots of different forms of music and mix them together. And they've said that part of it is that they want to educate their audience too. They want to turn people on to things that they might not have ever uh, thought about uh, wanting to, to listen to before. I really love that. And then also the visual component of that album is so important to the experience. And totally. I, I, I think it was a, maybe a couple months after I heard it, we had this channel in Haiti called Fuse that was, uh, it was like, it wasn't the American one. It, it was... MCM Fuse. They basically had like a music video channel, I think that was from France that we were getting. Hmm. They were like satellite, I guess. Somehow we're getting this this uh, rebroadcast. And um, a couple of the videos from that album were on rotation. And so I remember seeing, at that point, I really liked anime as well. And so I remember seeing this music video. I didn't fully grasp what a music video was either. <laughs> I just was looking at it and, and it caught my attention. And, and I was like, oh, wait, that's the song that that I just downloaded that I really liked. Right. And I was animated and I was confused. I was like, is it the cartoons making music? Like I didn't even understand what was happening, but I do remember I loved it. And in retrospect, they were so ahead of their contemporaries at that point, thinking about creating this multimedia project that has not only all of the sample influences, but then literally Japanese influence space and sci-fi mm-hmm. and these blue characters before avatar and you had like all of this 
this uh, fusion and this world that was created in a way where it felt like it made sense. Mm. And I really, really love that. It's very Pharrell influenced too. Now that I think mm-hmm. about it, because it's yeah. like they were super kitted out. Like their, their outfits were really, really interesting. And yeah. Japan and hip hop and dance music is, is so connected. So that was like another point that blew my mind. Yeah. And also... Like, like you said, there's like the music that's super uh, complex and has all these different influences being pulled in. The anime that they, that, have you seen like Interstellar uh, 5555 mm-hmm. that it's like the uh, visual album and that, yeah. you know, that concept hadn't really, um, I, I don't know if other people had done it. There probably are other people. Somebody else can fact check me, but um, <laughs> they, uh, having that like, you know, all the videos fitting into uh, this story and, you know, coming together, the whole album coming together to to make this, you know, outer space story. And then on top of that, before this album, they gave interviews just as themselves and, you know, looked like a couple of normal kind of guy, French guys. And then this is the album where they were like, oh no, we were in the studio and um, some water spilled on the board and it exploded and turned us into robots. Um, and, you know, they came, I, I can remember like seeing those helmets for the first time and watching them like, oh, my one does this. And it's like, you know, all these lights going off and it's, you know, LED display and whatever. Um, and then committing to the bit for the rest of their time together and just being like, yeah, we, we are robots. We can't take these off. Yeah. Um, incredible. <laughs> incredible it was it was brilliant and that yeah. also kicked off the whole helmet dj craze <laughs> that right. was the right that was the beginning of it i really think at that point it influenced everybody on the planet <laughs> somehow mm-hmm. whether you listen to it or not because i think a lot of the the creatives across mediums whether it was in music or in fashion or in film so many people saw that and heard it and I think it's it's really incredible as as artists to be so committed to a project and have the intentions in mind and mm. be able to pull it off and make it feel coherent. Right. And not a gimmick. It's like yeah. you know, they they stuck with it the for the rest of the time they were making music together, but didn't lose sight of what was important that the music continued to evolve. They were focused on, you know, the style, all the, all of those components were important, but um, the music was really at the center of it and it never felt cheap or false or like they were trying to force some like silly concept on you. It was always really cool and really like the tone was right. Yeah, it was tasteful. Even the animation, especially that time period, I remember there was a lot of American animation studios that British, American, different places that were doing their version of anime. And you could see that there was a, there's a pretty big gap in terms of the fidelity and the, I would just say like professionalism of the, of the approach, the yeah. Japanese anime, like there was like masterpieces like Akira mm-hmm. and like incredible film that was animation and uh, Hayao Miyazaki and so many different really cool like approaches with animation and their film and music video felt at that caliber, yeah. which it could have easily not, it could have easily been, hey, we're going to outsource to the studio and try and make something that looks like that. But I believe they actually, they collaborated with a Japanese studio for that. So it was, it was really committed. Like they, they spent the time to make it look right. 
Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like modern examples of things like that, like Beyonce making albums where it's like working really closely with fashion designers, mm-hmm. with people who are making her videos and coming up with this like, you know, short film that is all the songs in the album, whatever, but also marketing stuff that was really smart. The original CDs of this album came with a credit card inside and it was like, uh, your membership to Daft Club and you could go onto their website and there were all these remixes that were eventually released. Like they, there was a NERD remix of um, uh, Harder, Better, Better, Faster, Faster Stronger. Stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, a, a, um, you know, a, a Cassius remix of something. And But like having this kind of secret club thing that also was like at a time when downloading music or listening to music online wasn't as mainstream. So it was like really forward thinking and Again, kind of a gimmick, but it's something that's like makes you feel like you're part of a secret society and like you're one of their biggest fans. Um, so did you have to sit it? I I do. I I think I have that membership card somewhere too. I don't. Wow. I, yeah, it's all. Of, I have like thousands of CDs that are all kind of just sitting in piles now because I don't even really have a CD player anymore. Of course. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just like. Brilliant, brilliant stuff from from start to finish. And I think, yeah, like we said, just kind of bridging that gap between dance music and pop music and, you know, bringing in all those influences and spinning them up in all of this like highly stylized, really smart marketing and all the kind of, uh, you know, visuals and, and everything just being so spot on. It is pretty, pretty mind blowing. Yeah, it's, it's a lightning in a bottle situation for sure. Yeah. Everybody was doing their best work at the same time. And yeah, I think there, I, I, now having listened to so much electronic music and, and I've been immersed in that for a big part of my life and also as a producer, just studying a lot of different genres and mm-hmm. looking into it, I, I definitely hear their influences from Chicago house legends mm. and, and how gospel and soul music for Chicago House was the foundation and why why a lot of the chord progressions and the, even the songs that would come up from it, like Gabriel, mm. like that that one of the, my favorite songs of all time, that's from like early 90s and how that feels like a gospel song mm-hmm. that happens to have a drum beat on it. I can see they probably were influenced by that in some way, yeah. but as opposed to using gospel at, as the source material, using disco and and uh, I guess at that point, it would be more recent genres mm-hmm. to them, things that they would probably listen to when they were kids. Right. And uh, yeah, that's the, the reworking of songs, like existing finished song, restructuring it completely, and then making a new song from an old song as an art form, not just as like, I'm going to try it. Like I'm legitimately going to rework this in a way that you won't even understand what I sampled. Right. I think is to me, I, I, that's like one of the most incredible things that's happened in recent times with music. Like I would say that's, it's like more than just a genre. It's like mm-hmm. an approach to, to creating songs. So yeah, that, that definitely influenced me and a lot of people that I know. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. That was that album. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, also, a lot of those samples they re-recorded. They're not the original samples. They like played them out themselves, which again is like totally incredible to me. Yeah, it's pretty uh, wild. Yeah. 
Um, well, I feel enormously satisfied. I think that's a, a nice place to stop. Thank you so, so much. This has been great. I love being able to talk about the, the stuff that really makes me happy. So this is a, this is a good one for me. I was happy that you liked it too. Yes. <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for making time for me. Good no, talking to you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Michael for chatting with me and also for giving me an opportunity to talk about one of my favorite albums. Michael's latest single, Charge It, is out now, and he'll be releasing a lot more music throughout the year. And as part of Summer Stage, a yearly run of outdoor summer shows in New York City, he is bringing his high-energy dance party bio to Central Park on July 22nd, and you can get tickets through the Summer Stage website right now. Okay, my little spark of the week fits very nicely into our dance music theme. It's a brand new book called Temporary Pleasures by John Leo Gillen. Uh, It is about nightclub architecture, design, and culture from the 1960s to today. I have lived a significant part of my life in nightclubs from the time I was a teenager, and club culture is a really big part of my identity. So this book is really special to me. There are tons of amazing photos from clubs from various cities in the U.S. and Europe, and also lots of background information about each club and its place in dance music history. It is highly, highly recommended. And the commissioning editor of this book is my dear friend, Allie Gitlow, who keen-eared Spark Parade listeners will recognize as the first ever guest of this show. Allie is super talented. She's worked on some really incredible books, so you should check her out. And you know, it would be remiss of me not to tell you to listen to Allie's Spark Parade episode too. It's a good one. And then after that, just keep listening to every episode until you get back to this episode, and then go back to the beginning and do it over again, and just create an infinite sonic loop. It'll be fun. And that is just about it. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade, and then, you know, have a fun and productive week. Get some stuff done, but, you know, save time for yourself. Do something you enjoy. And until next time, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.